the the thing that Jesus is inaugurating is better. Yeah. And the God that is doing it is continuing to prove himself as the kind of God that ex- has existed for his people in all ages past. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible is about him. In each episode, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everybody to Monday Thursday. That's right. Is it Monday or Monday? Monday, Monday. I don't know. Choose your poison. Choose your, choose, pick your poison. But uh, this is the day that we remember the Passover feast that Jesus held with his disciples where he initiated a new covenant during yes. Holy Week. Okay. So why should we be excited about Monday Thursday? This is probably the moment where Jesus starts to theologically interpret Mm. what he's about to do on the cross. That's fascinating. Jesus has been doing these very large public events where he's riding into Jerusalem on a donkey as a rival king and a rival to the religious establishment that's currently in power, very publicly arguing with the chief priests, Pharisees, and the Sadducees. There seems to be like one person who gets it, Mary, when she anoints him. And it's like... Everybody wants to kill Jesus. (laughs) And so Jesus is now taking a beat on the first day of Passover with his disciples And he's saying, let me explain what's going to happen when I die. Mm. Um, And he he does that through a a very old meal. The Passover feast. The Passover feast. The Passover feast, yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, let's get into this via the the history here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jesus is pulling on a Jewish feast that's been happening for a very long time. Yep, that's right. Uh, And it goes all the way back to Exodus when the Mm -hmm. people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt and you know God had been sending all the plagues until finally there was one final plague that would finally convince Pharaoh to let the people go and establish the new nation under God. Freedom from slavery. Freedom from slavery. Yeah. And, and that's important. Freedom yeah. from slavery and establish a new nation. That's right. Because we're talking about kingship. So like the Passover feast is connected to the idea of Israel establishing itself as a people yes. and a kingdom for the very first time right. in history. Because after Passover, they leave Egypt, they go to Mount Sinai, and God establishes his covenant with them and says, you will be my people, I will be your God. That's right. And so it's uh, Passover and the establishing of God's people and God's covenant is, they're you know, very, they're very similar. Yes, that's right. They're connected. That last plague that came against Egypt was the death of the firstborn. That's right. right. And before that, God promised that there would be a way to escape the death of the firstborn. Right. Born. And, yeah. They, people of Israel would need to sacrifice a lamb, take its blood and paint it on the doorposts of their home mm-hmm. and eat it at a meal with flat bread, mm-hmm. which was matzah bread or not matzah bread, but um, unleavened bread, unleavened bread, flat yeah. bread, and then wine as yep. well. And, and bitter herbs. And bitter herbs. This is the meal yeah. that would reenact their salvation story, but also act as the meal that they would eat that would save them from coming death mm-hmm. and establish them as God's people. 
Okay, hold on. Let me say that again. This is the meal. The Passover meal is the meal that would save them from coming death Mm -hmm. and establish them as God's covenant people. Yeah. That that's good. Yes. That's helpful. Yes. Okay. And free them from slavery. But you know, all that too, too, you know. (laughs) That's also very good. It's a big deal. It's It's a big, it's a big, big deal. Okay. Very good. And so for years after that, obviously there there were times within Israel's history that the Passover stopped being celebrated due to lapses in law obedience. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, we could say, you know, for years and years and years, the people of Israel have been taking this feast. Mm-hmm. Um, and why were they taking it? Why were like, they? why were the people of Israel still participating in the Passover meal every year? What did it mean to them? Well, I mean, to keep it kind of really unspiritual for a second, yeah. it's Passover. There's all these messianic expectations for Jesus, they're still living under slavery to Rome. Right. This meal would have been eaten in hope that through the blood of a lamb, Mm. through the enjoyment of bread and wine, that they could still, by God's power, be rescued from death, freed from slavery, and be established as a new people once again. That's helpful to, to think about Israel under Roman oppression. Right. In, you know, kind of enslaved again under yes. this world power. And to eat that meal under Roman oppression mm-hmm. is almost an act of rebellion. Yes. You know, yes. they're expecting some kind of overthrow. You know, I could even imagine some people praying that night as they were eating, like, God, would you bring the death of the firstborn of right. Caesar? Yeah. You know, right. like, would you that's come right. and just do what you did in Egypt? Mm-hmm. It was an expectation meal yeah. that God would free them from their oppressors and reestablish them as the yes. covenant people of God that they were meant to be. Yeah. And so people are gathering around, the disciples are gathering around Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, they've taken this meal before. This isn't right. their first Passover. Right. You know, they know what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, what it's going to taste like, what their expectations are going to be. And Jesus sits them down and subverts the whole thing. Yeah, he takes one of the glasses of wine and some of the bread and then redirects the meaning mm-hmm. of those elements away from remembering a past act of salvation and reinterprets them as symbols of what he has come to do. Mm-hmm. That's the innovation yep. that Jesus makes. What's going to happen that tomorrow. That's right. What's going to happen tomorrow. Yep. And he says, this is my body, broken, do this in remembrance of me. Right. Not of the Exodus. Right. Do this in remembrance of me. Mm. In the same way, after the, the, the supper, he took the cup. This is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you, which is... My blood poured out for you. Not a lamb's blood. Yeah. My blood poured out right. for you. Jesus is saying that he's the new lamb. We had this Passover lamb, but its blood wasn't poured into a cup that was drank. Oh, right. Right? right. Its yeah. blood was spread over the doorpost. Yeah. But now Jesus is saying that he's the new lamb whose blood will save you. And instead of painting it over the doorway of your house, you're going to paint over the doorway of your body in a sense. Yeah, by... well, or instead of drinking the wine and remembering the blood in the house, uh-huh. it's like the same color. You'll drink this wine and remember the blood that I'm about to spill right. for your protection yeah. and for your salvation. So not only is Jesus redirecting the focus right. of, of something past to what he's about to do, he's also kind of re interpreting some of the symbols that's right um and so the bread too you know i don't think when people were eating the unleavened bread they were Mm -hmm. thinking about someone's body no you know so jesus is using that moment to provide new meaning yes to that element yes in the supper 
Yes. And saying that it is his body because the idea of the unleavened bread uh, for the original audience was the idea that they didn't have time to wait for the bread to rise. Yeah. They, because they had to eat it like standing That's up right. with their right. with their belt on and ready to get out of Egypt. So yeah. don't even wait for the bread to rise. Don't use leaven. Just cook flat bread. Eat it and go. And in the expectation that rescue and was salvation right around the corner was right around the corner, which is why the next day Jesus is going to die. That's so right. him saying like my body is going to be broken like this unleavened bread. Eating the unleavened bread means that God's salvation is hastening. It's yeah. close, which is why Good Friday is tomorrow. That's right. Right. That's right. It's just around the corner. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. One way that I thought about it earlier was God's covenant on the first Passover promised freedom and a new kingdom mm-hmm. on the other side of a sacrificed lamb mm-hmm. uh, and a dead firstborn. Right. And at the same meal, Jesus makes a new covenant and promises that by the sacrifice body and blood of God's firstborn. Mm. God's people will be freed finally and forever. Yeah. That's the new wow. deeper level yeah. of it. Like I won't require the firstborn of the evil powers anymore. Right. I'm the most powerful empire in the world and I will sacrifice mm. my firstborn so that all people can be clean in my kingdom. Wow. That's amazing. Just thinking about the hypothetical situation that I mentioned earlier in which, you know, some Jewish person was sitting there being like, God, would you just bring a plague and kill yes. the firstborn of Caesar, you know, right. Uh, do what you did in the Exodus. He's like, I'm going to do something better. I'm going to let my own son die Yeah, to save you. Uh, man, that's a lot of grace. A lot of grace. Talk to me then about this idea of a, a new covenant, because there's a few things we need to explore there to really understand what's mm-hmm. going on. Number one, what is a covenant? Number two, what was the old covenant? And three, what does it mean that there's a new covenant? So first off, yeah. what's a covenant? A covenant is just an agreement that God makes with humans, normally the leaders of a nation or of a particular people. It's it's agreement between God and people. Okay. And so when God rescued Israel out of Egypt that first time, celebrated by the first Passover, and he said, I will be your God, you will be my people, I will establish my covenant with you. What was he establishing with them there? What was that covenant? Well, what's interesting here is I had never thought about this until studying this passage, but it seems like there is multiple covenants going on. Mm. If you take covenant simply to mean agreement right. between God and people, God makes an agreement with Israel before they ever get to Mount Sinai. He tells them, eat the lamb, mm-hmm. paint the doors, I will save you. Right, And then... Several 50 days later, after their journey in the wilderness, after the Red Sea, they get to Mount Sinai. And then he makes an official covenant mm-hmm. that we all know is a covenant because he uses the word covenant right. in which he establishes them as people. So I was one, I, as I was thinking through this, there's multiple agreements God's making with his people yeah. in which he's saving them in different ways. There's a covenant that saves them from slavery, sets them free from Pharaoh. And there's another covenant, in a sense, in which he makes them his people for the first time. Mm. And normally in a covenant, what happens is God says, I have expectations of you. Right. And here's what I'll offer in return. I expect you to eat the lamb. Mm-hmm. And in return, I will save you. Yeah. I expect you to obey my, my laws, to love God and love others. And in return, you will be my people. Right. That's a covenant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what a covenant is. That's the old covenants that God made with his people. That Okay. And, and the covenant was that God has saved them, mm-hmm. right, and is making them his people. Mm-hmm. That he would dwell with them be their God, keep yeah. them safe. 
yeah you know and and give them a law to obey like here's yeah. here's how to be my people in the world maybe even more granularly the covenant is if you eat mm-hmm. the lamb if you break the body if you remember the cup i will save you from death of the firstborn i will save you from egypt right so if if we take it granularly right there that's the covenant mm. and so the new covenant that God is making with his people right there is if you drink this bread right. or drink or this drink, bread, drink, bread. Mm. Dr- drink this That's wine. beer. <laughs> if you drink this wine yeah. and eat this bread, right. this constitutes a new Passover meal in which I will save you from certain death by the death of my own firstborn. Right. And I will save you from slavery to Pharaoh and I will bring you to a place where I'm establishing a new kingdom. Right. Because like, it's it's the agreement of what Jesus is going to accomplish on the cross. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. exactly right. That's cool. Yes. What I also like is, you know, when they do come out of Egypt into Mount Sinai, and the word covenant is it's used, used. Right. Yes. You have this this agreement in the covenant. The summation of the covenant is love God, love others. Yes. Right. And when Jesus you know, says he's establishing a new covenant there on Passover. He's like, you know, you've heard this, this old, uh, this old thing, which is to, uh, love your neighbor as yourself, but I'm giving you a new command. Mm -hmm. So here's your end of the bargain, right? Your side of the covenant is to love your neighbor as I have loved you. Mm. And it's like, still love your neighbor, but in a different way. Instead of love your neighbor as yourself, it's love your neighbor as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. this like new way of being human. Yeah, that is part of what Monday, Thursday generally communicates oh, okay. is the escalation oh. of the command to love others. Oh, cool. Uh, because in some of the gospel accounts, this, that's exactly what Jesus yeah, says yeah, at yeah. this meal. It's right. like, now you must love others as I, I have loved you, which I is sacrificially yes. all the way to death. That's right. That's yeah, right. Like it's represented in the, in the blood and in the bread. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, what's crazy is that's only a sliver of what happens on <laughs> Monday, Thursday. That's yeah. the new covenant, this the new command, yeah. the new promise to save, the new ethic to live by, the mm. new ethic of a new kingdom. Yeah. Like, all that's happening here at Passover dinner. And then Judas leaves to betray Jesus oh, with right. uh, a kiss. The disciples start arguing about who's the best leader and who's oh the least likely <laughs> to betray Jesus. Jesus goes to a nearby garden and starts praying and actually asks God to spare him from giving up the cup that he's just offered his disciples. Right, from having uh, to actually go to, to the cross and spill his that, blood that's in right. the way that he just offered. Yeah, and then right. Judas returns with a mob to drag Jesus to a Jewish court. The disciples then scatter. One of the disciples is left naked at one point. He's placed in front of the Jewish court. They accuse him of blasphemy. And then he's beaten until sunrise. And that's how Monday, Thursday ends with finally all the pieces that we've been talking about finally in place. Yeah. It is amazing for Jesus to be like, here's my body. Here's my blood. And they're probably scratching their heads being like, I don't see what you're talking about. This is just our Passover Mm -hmm. meal. That's right. And then just. Hours later, mm-hmm. Jesus is under arrest. That's right. Being beaten. That's right. On the way to execution. That's right. And they're like, oh, he really meant his blood and right. his body. He yeah. Got very real. Why is it good news that we have Jesus facilitating a new covenant of his body and his blood on the cross? Why is it better that we celebrate using the, the bread and the cup to remember the cross instead of the Passover of Exodus? Like, why has 
what Jesus has done eclipsed what God did in Egypt? I think there's one way to answer this question, and that's the way you're framing it, and it's how is it better? Yeah. And this kingdom is the final kingdom. Mm. He's about to go in front of Pilate and explain how his kingdom is not of this world and how the order that he's establishing can never be destroyed. And it's going to be proven when he rises from the dead Mm -hmm. because his kingdom is a resurrection kingdom, unable to be overthrown by any empire like Pharaoh or like Rome that wields the power of death. Mm -hmm. Like it is an indestructible kingdom that cannot be assailed. It's better by orders of magnitude. Right. Right. Yeah. The salvation Jesus also offers is better than the salvation that was offered to Jews were saved from actual slavery. Good. Good thing. That's good. That's a good thing. Amazing thing. They were constituted as a people of God. Right. Like great thing. Now we're not just freed from nations. And oftentimes we're not. No, oftentimes we're not. Yeah. But we're freed from the more primordial powers, the powers that fuel nations and sin. fuel sin right evil satan right the powers right that rule this world in some sense yeah. that we are freed from their curse and never need to be beholden to them again because the worst thing they can do is kill us right and we're free from that too and we're free from that too <laughs> yeah. yeah and then the nation mm. that was formed after passover was the jewish nation right a great nation yes right now that god's people are both Jews and non-Jews. Right. It's all people. The house of prayer for all nations. The house of prayer for all nations like yes. we talked about before. So yep. yeah, it is better. Yeah. The, the thing that Jesus is inaugurating is better. Yeah. And the God that is doing it is continuing to prove himself as the kind of God that ex- has existed for his people in all ages past. Oh, you're, you're saying that like Jesus is showing in repeating this Passover meal that he has been consistently faithful. Right. Right. I saved you back then. I'll save you now. I'll save you in the future. And I'm always I here. am cr- increasing the stakes because I'm not going to require mm. your lambs anymore. Right. So I'm, maybe that's another reason yeah. why this one is better is because in the first Passover, it required the death of the evil in order to bring salvation. Mm-hmm. But in this one, Jesus, the death of the righteous yeah. achieves salvation, that there's this self-sacrificial upping of the ante that God makes in giving his own son instead of killing Caesar. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Okay. Yeah. That's Maundy Thursday. And that's Maundy Thursday. That's That's the new covenant. That's the Passover meal. This is the part of Holy Week where I feel like I start running out of words to communicate the uh, impact of these things that are happening. Because it's just everything. Because this is now everything. Yeah. This is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like, oh, cool. Okay. The judging of the fig tree. Awesome. It's like, no, this is like the center of the universe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Amazing. Well, thank you guys for joining us here on Maundy Thursday. Um, we're excited to get into Good Friday tomorrow, which is the day of Jesus's death. That's right. And we'll talk about why such a horrible day could be good. Yeah. So we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next time.